Hey, welcome to The Conversation. You're listening to Andy Mason, and this is authentic conversations around the messy intersection of faith, family, and business. So welcome to this episode. Uh, You're getting the uh, audible version, like calling an audible, just working out a series of things and just processing what's happening recently and what I've been learning. So, and this is the theme or focus is all around uh, creating room, making room. uh, And when I reflect on what's been happening, this is one of the keys and help me understand what the significance of this is. So a couple of things and then what what happened last week and uh, my take home challenge or learning outcome that I want for you is where in your life do you need to make room, make room for the king? There's uh, something about the story of Jesus where they had to make room for him constantly, uh, make room in the upper room, make a room uh, when he was born, had to make it in the stable in that case. There's something about making a room or making a place for him. Isaiah says, heaven is my throne, earth is my footstool. Where is the house you will build for me? Where is the place that you create a room, a place, a space for me? Now, he doesn't need a physical space. We know that. But it's actually something in our lives, in our schedule, in our thinking, in our mindsets, in our heart, in our relationships, in everything we do. So here's a couple of stories that illustrate this. One, uh, when we took over uh, the Heaven and Business offices that we had for a period of time, probably five years, uh, it was literally a 6,000 square foot space. And I was coming from 60, six, zero. So if you're not in the States, that's probably like going from a six meter squared office into a 600 meter squared office, which also included an event space. I remember sitting there with a couple of staff, paying, uh, working out what we're gonna pay per month, wondering how we're gonna pay for this, and thinking, what on earth am I doing? I know people that will be falling over for space. I've got so much space, I'm rattling around of it, and it just seems so empty, it's empty space. And I remember a good uh, friend, Gary and Candace Klopfenstein were in town, and he's just a wise counselor. And I remember sitting him down and showing him around what we're doing, what we're looking to do, why we're doing what we're doing, what we sensed the Lord say, but just saying, hey, am I, am I, uh, have I overextended myself? Have I stepped out beyond? Because it just feels like there's a bunch of empty space and I'm going to be scrambling to, you know, like, how do I fill it? How do I fill it? How do I fill it? And they sat down, sat back, thought for a moment, and then said, Andy, I just sense the Lord saying, it's not empty. It is not empty. You have made room. Now, history would say that was spot on and so encouraging. And not only did it work, but we created and facilitated so many things in that space for that season and time. But fast forward to last week. Last week we had a Heaven and Business executive retreat. So Heaven and Business is all about connecting, training and activating you to partner with God in your place of work and engage in the well-being of the cities you serve. And really there's two demographics. There's uh, we teach and minister to the masses. So that's conference, that's a uh, that's a membership community, that's a podcast, that's a Facebook testimonies. That's we spread far and wide. But then there's our key focus, which is really 
are finding the people that get lit over this. Uh, they're our catalytic partners. We disciple people who are discipling cities. And what we do for that is one to few compared to the one to many. It's, it's identifying those people, connecting them, training them, walking with them, discipling and mentoring with mastermind groups and coaching and so on. So these executive retreats is one of the key places we connect with these people. So three days, we had 31 people. First time since 2020, we had some internationals woo-hoo, from the Netherlands. That was pretty cool. But first day is literally slowing you down. We go up to this mountain top. We take an hour and a half for people just to introduce themselves, which when you do the math, it's actually not much time. Uh, we then have a time where we have prophetic teams come in and minister. And then we have a session where I interviewed my friend from the Netherlands on what on earth is God doing around the world, which is mind-blowingly awesome. And then we have fantastic food the entire day. Well, what happened? We slowing down and creating space for people to engage. It's like giving you room to catch up with yourself. You're a business person. What enables you to succeed is being a visionary, is know where you're going, is putting the things in place, is being disciplined and focused and on time and intentional and diligent. And often, I find with people like you and me, we get ahead of ourselves. Uh, it's interesting, segue, the story of Joshua. When Joshua is going into the promised land and uh, it's finally after 40 years in the wilderness, they've been sharpening their swords, ready to get what's theirs. And it's been a long time coming. And finally, they know exactly where they are. They can see the River Jordan and clearly over the Jordan is where they're headed. And then the angel says to Joshua, hey, Joshua, Uh, I want you to put the Ark of the Covenant in front of you. That's a symbol of the presence of God. And then keep 1,000 cubits. I'm not sure what the distance is, but fear distance between you and the Ark as you follow. Because you have not been this way before. What's the point? I can see where the Ark is. I can see where the location of the place we're going is. So you just draw a straight line and I'm just going to run there and and I'll wait for you to catch up. That's what we do so often with God and we get ahead of ourselves. Whether things are working well and we run or we just get into hustle and we just miss God. The importance of slowing down and creating room, creating room for him to move, creating room for yourself, creating room for your thoughts, uh, being still and knowing God. And that's what we did up the first day. It's we never know what's going to happen, and the reality is, uh, it's it's a nice location, but unless God shows up, it's kind of just an empty, uh, empty program. But what happened within the first thirty minutes? There's people starting to share about these are business leaders like you and me share about vulnerable addictions and getting free, and what's happening in their marriage and their family and their business, and up and down through COVID. It set the scene. By the end of day one, people are saying, "I got what I came for." We go through day two, which was uh, an obsession with me unpacking some of my own personal constraints and how I got free from that. And some things I've set up around my life to help me. And then I interviewed Chris Vallotton, which we're going to give you access to that next week, just as a quick bonus for you, on leadership culture and identity. And then all afternoon, they've got individual 
counseling appointments, every single one of them. And in the evening, this was a highlight for me. So we, now just backtrack a little bit. Over the probably eight years we've been doing these, I used to pack, you know, 8 a.m. till 5 p.m. because I want to deliver value, deliver value, deliver value. The more and more I'm doing these, I'm learning, create space, create space to connect, to dialogue, to interact, to engage, create space for God to move. I create space so that you have a schedule, but you can adjust at any moment. And so literally the entire afternoon was blocked out for people to get their personal counseling sessions and then just have free time to engage, walk, get out in nature, go to the prayer house, do something that you don't normally do. And a bunch of people did that. And then in the evening, we have what we call an encounter session, which was literally in our home, which historically would look like 30 people in a room, spread around, couches, cushions, on the carpet, and uh, we'll invite a minister or we'll do that ourselves and we'll lead people through an experience of God that they may not have experienced before, whether that's words of knowledge and prophetic, uh, whether that's just being overwhelmed by his presence. We do that, but this time we felt to do something different. And the whole idea is how do we create an environment where the most natural and normal thing for you is to walk with God, to experience him. It's not an event. It's not a meeting. It's not a quiet time. It's a life. So how do we model and create this in life? So what we did is we didn't set up anything fancy, flashy, no fancy candles or lights or dimmed music or whatever it is. We, we literally had different areas of our home that we themed in different things. We've got a, a balcony or a porch, and that was called Welcome Home. If you're going to sit on the porch, you can go there whenever you want. And there's this scripture, is you're no longer foreigners and aliens. You're members of God's household. You're citizens of God's country. So the question was, what does that mean for you with what you have access to, with God and with life? And in brackets, we kind of had to clarify, no, this doesn't give you access to our house unless you want to buy it. Uh, no, that's no. But what does it mean for your life to have full access with God? So there's space at the front. Uh, we we created a dessert bar where my team put together all these delightful desserts and themed it childlike delight. What does that give access to? Where do you need to regain childlike delight and wonder? Nothing like sugar to help you with that. Uh, we had a fire pit outside. And that literally is, in the States, we have things called s'mores, which is graham cracker, chocolate, and marshmallow that's been melted over a fire. And you put that in and it's gooey and sticky and sweet and just delightfully dangerous. So we had the fire pit and we called it, there's s'more. There's, I know that's cheesy, but there's always more. So tell stories of what you've seen God do. And then we had a, a, a drink station with coffee and hot chocolate and uh, juice and whatever may have been there and that was all about where do you need refreshing in your life where do you need to ask someone to pray for you or to offer to pray for someone and then we had our living area and I'd put some of our Bibles lying around at strategic locations like Psalm 91 and Psalm 139 and it was just literally you know where do you need to hear God speak to you today sit down and take time with him create room make him room so we had that and then we had the living area 
uh, a big lounge, it's carpeted, and we call it the recreation room. And so that was a healing station. So if you wanted healing, you go over there and ask anybody to pray for you. It's not the minister, it's everybody. You've got Christ in you. And then there's another station where we call it the identity. Is uh, We just had a worksheet to walk through where actually you're exposing the lies and then the, write down the lies, take them out of the fire pit, burn them out there, and then ask Jesus what's the truth. And then on our dining table, yes, we do have a big house, uh, we had a whole heap of children's coloring books and people got to use crowns and colored pencils and colored pens to draw and do puzzles which again is just restoring play and then we just let it go and I was a bit nervous are people going to work it out are they going to know what to do but it was amazing what did I do here's the theme we created room and space by itself it's just weird but when God shows up anything can happen and anything did happen uh, simultaneously, we had people out the front sitting on a swing porch chair, reading the book of Ephesians, hearing God by themselves. We had people out the back, around the fire pit, rowdy, like loud, loud, la- laughing and, and telling stories and in- inspiring one another. We had people around the drink station just praying for one another and just enjoying one another's company. We had people sitting at the dining table, a 70-year-old, who said for the first time in his life, he gave himself permission to play and heard God say, hey, you've been recycling your pain for too long. It's time to release it. Who prayed for him? Nobody. How did that happen? As he was coloring in a coloring book as a 70-year-old. At the same time, there's people in the recreation room standing in front of the uh, this our couch, which is just a soft area. There's a TV. We had some music playing on that, and one of the guys stands there and thinks, "I, I need some healing in my body." So, hey, now who's going to pray for me? Nobody does anything. So he's like, "Oh, I have to ask." So he asks someone, "Would you be willing to pray for me?" Sure enough, they says, "Sure." A few others gather around. Now this is not my team. This is not me. This is our guests with one another spread around our house all at the same time. So a few guests pray for him. He's been dealing with floaters in his eyes and they got completely healed. Carried on to his arthritis and the arthritic pain in his joints reduced. It's not fully healed yet, but that was pretty exciting. And then somebody else said, I need prayer as well. And then another one, I need prayer. And they started to go one by one by one, praying for each other. Then one of them sits down and says, I need to confess some sin. I mean, who does that? Who does that? No, no prompting, no request, but starting to confess to one another areas in their lives that have been constraints and breakthrough and getting freedom. It was profound. What did I learn? Andy? You've got to create him room. Uh, God wants to do so much more in your life, around your life, through your life, over your life. If you will create the space and trust him to fill it. Uh, There's a story in the Old Testament of Samuel who says to King Saul, wait for seven days and then I will come and we'll get you guys lit up and go into battle. Well, it gets to the seventh day and Samuel hasn't turned up. So rather than waiting till the end of the day, Saul's like, well, 
I am scared of the people, of what they will do, what they will say. I am fear of missing out. So he initiates it himself and sabotages the entire process because he did not wait on God. They that wait on God, that, that create him room, create space, they shall renew their strength. They rise on wings as eagles. They run and not grow weary. They walk and not faint. What's the point? If you're listening to this and you're still listening, it's probably because you're anxious, you're uptight, you're so focused, you're so busy because you've allowed life to dictate to you rather than you managing life. It's time to create him room. How do you do that? Well, real practical, you go into your schedule and you choose your schedule. Don't have someone else choose it for you. Uh, Set the time that's important for you. If you say, well, I can't do that. I was like, what, are you in prison? Even prison, you have time to yourself. There's always ways to make it happen. If you don't, just pray with me. Holy Spirit, I recognize right now that I have gotten too busy, too full, tried to stuff too much in my day, really because I don't trust you and I'm afraid of missing out. I ask for your grace to help me to adjust my schedule, to adjust my life, to slow myself down, to actually put back into my life rest, room for you to move, room to reflect, room to actually engage and connect and and, and actually facilitate dialogue rather than a monologue. Lord, I invite you into that. I trust this has been helpful for you. I didn't even talk about what happened on the third day. If you want to find out, you can check out heavenandbusiness.com and and check out an upcoming retreat. It's truly fun and we're starting to do those all over the country. Check that out. Another great resource for you is a book called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comis. Again, it's straight down the same line of what we're doing is create room. Don't just create room for more activity. Create room for God in your life, for people, for that which is really, really important. So bless your week. Uh, Have a wonderful, wonderful week. And we'll catch you again this time next week.